0: Welcome to our class in Chassidus, we're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe, the name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vayechi Yaakov, the Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse in Shabbos, Parshish Vayechi, it was the 16th day of the month of Tavis, in the year Tavshin Mem Zayin 35 years ago. So again, the Hasidic Discourse is based on the verse, the opening verse in this week's Torah portion, where it says, Va'yehi Yaakov, Yaakov lived b'Eretz Mitzrayim in the land of Egypt, Shva Esrei Shona for 17 years, Va'yehi Yimei Yaakov, it was the days of Yaakov, Shnei Chaya of all the days of his life, his total lifespan was shva Shonim for 7 years, Va'yiboyim and Ma'as Shona 140 years. Shreve said it's known, the question that's asked, what is the idea that the Torah is telling us where did Yaakov live, where was he alive and in the land of Egypt in other words, what the Torah is really saying is that the main life the most important part of Yaakov's life where he lived was in Egypt but the Rebbe says, one second, we know that before he came down to the land of Egypt he also lived a great life up until the point we know the Torah says, Yeshev, Yaakov, Megure, Yaviv, that Yaakov lived in the land of, of, his, of his ancestors, in other words, and the expression that's used is by Yeshev. So Yeshev literally means he sat, but by Yeshev also comes from the word Vyashwas. He was calm, he was peaceful. Where was he calm and peaceful? Where was he by Yeshev? Where was he most relaxed? In the in the in the in the land of his ancestors, where his parents lived. So if that's the case, what does it mean that Yaakov's best life were in the land of Egypt, and especially, especially that we know the, the way the Chazal t- translate and explain that that the verse by Yesheb that Yaakov sat, which means he sat Meshalva he was totally at peace. And as we know, the test Yaakov because he wanted to be calm and relax and be at peace and. the because of him trying to totally over relax that's why he had all the challenges with Yosef HaTzadik so you see that he was relaxed Maguri, in the land of his ancestors not necessarily in the land of Egypt so the question is how come over here specifically when it talks about the land of Egypt it says that Yaakov, Yaakov lived in other words that specifically in the land of Egypt he lived beforehand he didn't live now seemingly you can say that this is why the reason why it says that Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt it's referring to not his total life he lived in the land of Egypt for 17 years these 17 years while he was in the land of Egypt he lived so Rebbe says besides the fact we know that the altar writes in the Kutai Torah and and he says that the best years of Yaakov were one when he was in the land of Egypt um, but even more so Rebbe says well, we can't say that it's just referring to these 17 years and Rebbe gives two reasons Reason one is, because it's brought down in many, many places, that 17, numerically, is the same numerical value as toiv, good. Toiv is spelled of three letters, tes, vav, vez nine, six, and two, which equals 17. So 17 represents good, in its core. So in other words, obviously, if if it says 17 years, it's not just talking a a numerical number of 17. It means his good years, his best years were in Egypt. And it's brought down in Kabbalah in many places. That the 17 years that Yaakov lived in Egypt is to atone and to fix, so to speak, and elevate where it says about Yosef at Tzadik. When it says, Yosef and Sheva as he was 17 years old. So to fix up what went on with Yosef's childhood when he wasn't getting along with his with siblings, so Yaakov, those 17 years in Egypt, not only were they great years, but they actually fixed years of the past. So that's one reason why you can't say it's only referring to the 17 years of the land of Egypt, because those years were great years another reason, because what does it say afterwards, by like, Yehi this was the days of Yaakov, and it gives the total years of Yaakov, in other words so, the, these 17 years that he lived in Egypt those were his, were, that's where his life was, even though technically you can say it's going on later, but you see that there is a connection to the 17 years of Egypt so again, the question is, what is this about the 17 years in the land of Egypt we're saying, this is Yehi Yaakov, this is where he lived And another question we know that um, when, if you give a look when it counts the years of Yaakov so it starts off um, it, it starts off with the lower number and then it goes to the, to the to the higher number so for example what does it say in the verse? it says in the verse um, uh, the days of Yaakov are Shevashon it goes from the number 7 it goes up to 40 and it goes to 100 verses all throughout the Torah it mentions the lifespan of people so it starts on the bigger number the hundred number to the lower number into to the lower number. So how come over here by Yaakov does start with the lower number from seven going up to 40 going up to a hundred? So Jabba says the point, the essence of the explanation is as follows. And here's a powerful insight and a concept of chassidus. Jabba says like this, we know that the, and I'll say it in Hebrew and I'll translate it, tachlis Sabriel means the ultimate intention the reason why Hashem created this world is as brought down in Kabbalah and in Zohar, and it's explained in this. and I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it. Hashem had a desire. A desire we know is coming from deep within the soul, the highest sphere, tainuk. So God had a desire, what was His desire? To have a dwelling place. In a, which is called Tachtonim Something I what does it mean Tachtonim? Tachtonim doesn't mean physically lower it means a place where God is concealed so God had this desire he wanted a, to create a world a world where God is not concealed it's going to be called mean, there's no there's no revelation of God and specifically where there's no revelation of God where God is concealed that's where God's presence should be felt where is that practically? right here in this physical world, there's no physical world, there's no coarse world, there's no materialistic world, there's no world where God is as concealed as in this world. So God wanted specifically in this world where the default setting is not God, not godliness, not spirituality, we should make this world a godly world, a spiritual world, a holy world, and that's God's desire. That's what God wanted. That's his dream, that's his wish. Like there brings from Tanya, the author writes. That there's many worlds. There's a the world of Atzilut, Briah, Yitzhira, and Asiya. What's the difference in the worlds? In Atzilut, God is more, mainly revealed, and the concealment is very little. Briah already there's more of a concealment. Yetsira more of a concealment. And the world of Asiya is the greatest concealment. So the higher worlds the writes, Atzilut, Briah, Yitzhira. That's like a downgrade for God. Why? Because in the highest world, Ainsay, for God is the infinite light, God is totally revealed. So not he's concealed, but it's not his dream yet. Bria, he's more concealed, but still not his dream. Yetzirah, God's concealed, so it's not his dream. So it's like a downgrade for him. This world, God is totally concealed. Ah, that's what God wants, because God wants to be felt, and his presence should be available and, and real in this specific world. However, in this world... Even though God's totally considered you can say, well, so what why is it considered an elevation? The answer is because in this world but God is concealed. And it's a hundred percent that you read it, so to speak, a downgrade, but the purpose of the downgrade is for an elevation. Or in Hebrew, you read the Tzarech Aliyah, so you read, this world is a Yurida. it's the greatest read, it's the greatest downgrade, but the purpose is for the elevations, the higher worlds, it's a downgrade, there's no elevation. In this world, it's a huge downgrade, but since there could be an elevation, so that's why this is the world that God wanted. And that's why, based on the explains, that's why Yaakov Avinu went, went down to Egypt. Why did he go down to Egypt? So you read the simple story, he went, there was an issue, they had no food, and so on and so forth. That's not the real reason why. The real reason why Yaakov went down to Egypt was to make a dwelling place for God in Egypt, where God is mainly concealed, and down there to, to learn and to pray and to do mitzvahs, and God should be revealed. In other words, what does represents represent? represent? besides the fact that it refers to the concealments and the constraints from, on a spiritual level, but it actually refers to with these constraints and concealments of literally in this physical world, up until this concealments and constraints, even in simple things, basic things, God has concealed. And obviously in literally in the land of Egypt, which is called Ervassaares, it's the most lowest place in the world where the greatest unfortunate sins and rebellion against God exists. But the reason why Yaakov went down to Egypt, what was his intent for going down to Egypt? To make a dwelling place for God down there. We're in the land of Egypt. So in other words like this, just to recap, what the is saying is, the main reason why God created the world is dear with Achtoinim. We should make a dwelling place for God down this world. Once that vision is clear, so now it's very clear. Yaakov went down to Egypt for one reason, one reason only, that God should be revealed in the place where God's concealed. And based on this, Jehovah explains so beautifully, that's why it says, You know where Yaakov really lived? In the land of Egypt. Why? Because the main life of Yaakov, and his best good life, good years were, was specifically in the land of Egypt. What do you mean? But Egypt, such a low place where God is concealed, and there's such corruption, and such a rebellion against God? Yes, exactly. In the place where it's corrupt. In the place where God is concealed. But what was Yaakov doing there? Yaakov was fulfilling God's dream, and God's desire, to make a dwelling place down in that place of Egypt. So that's the true life of Yaakov since Yaakov is all about making a dwelling place for God, so any place where God's concealed, and where God is really concealed, or deeply concealed, where the darkest hole is, and Yaakov can make a place for, for a dwelling place for God, that's, that's the greatest enjoyment, that's the great life you can live, life is about bringing light into darkness, so if you're living in a bright light place, what kind of life is it? But you're living in a dark place and you're living in a place of struggles and challenges and you bring godliness that's called real life in other words why is that because we know it's brought down in zoya and it says that the others Avram, Yisrael, Yaakov, their whole essence and their whole being was and i'll say it in hebrew they were bottle they were totally um uh, humbled and connected to god they didn't exist the only thing that existed to them was was hashem as we know, it says clearly, The Abais, the, the patriarchs, and the matriarchs, they are the chariot for God. In other words, they were just there to, to serve God and bring God and godliness to the world. So therefore, what is their life? What is the life of the Abais and the Emois? What is the life of the patriarchs and the matriarch, matriarchs? is fulfill the intention of Hashem. That in dark places, and in the darkest of places, God should be revealed. Now, since the ultimate intent is to make a dwelling for place for God down in this world, and where was that in the land of Egypt? So therefore, that's where main, Yaakov, main years of Yaakov were. That's why Yehi Yaakov, because where was he alive? He was alive in the dark place, and he was busy bringing light there in places where it's light. Okay, he lived there, very nice. But when he went down to Egypt and he had the opportunity to bring light to darkness, that's when he started to live. That was his best life. Now the was going to make it practical. You knows that's obviously Yaakov in the past of Egypt. But the fact is, we know that every single day we have the same spiritual work. The work is what? To bring God and godliness and light into dark places. What is our spiritual work every single day? So we all know we're spiritually made up of 10 spheroes we have three intellectual spheroids, Chachma Bin das. we have the seven emotional spheroids, Chesed, Gevur, Tiferes, Netzach, Chod, and Malchus. Our spiritual work is to transform our seven emotions, Chesed, Tiferes, Netzach, and Malchus, that they should be aware, and they should be conscious, and God should be revealed in every one of our emotions. And like it's brought down in Tanya, <clears throat> and also in Nuremberg quotes a, a Hasidic discourse from the middle Rebbe called Al-Tatzar and different Hasidic discourses and he, they, they explain of their Since what are we saying our main avoid is what? with the seven emotions and that's why when the Jewish people conquered the land of Israel so we know there were ten nations in the land of Israel but when they conquered the lands of Israel there was only seven nations they were able to uproot from the land of Israel why? Why were they only able to rule seven nations? And the author explains in Tanya, and the mitzvah explains, in many other places explain, because what is our avoidant now? Our avoid is transforming the seven emotions. And the seven nations that we are able to conquer out of the land of Israel represent these seven emotions. However, the three intellectual capacities that we have, Chachmah binadas, Bin Adas, that we, we cannot totally transform today. That's going to happen when Mashiach comes. And that's why, specifically, when Mashiach comes, we're going to, the borders of Israel are going to uh, expand, and we're going to be able to conquer the last three nations that we didn't conquer till now. Keni, K'nizhi, Kadmoini, Because the intellectual transformation cannot fully happen until Mashiach comes. Now, and the, the explains as follows. What is the reason? In other words, even though, ze- generally speaking, in the whole Seder so H'shalsus, referring to all the spheres, the intellect and the emotions... That what's our whole? In, what's the whole intent? The intent is to make a dear b'tachtona that God should be felt and revealed in the lowest places. In other words, what does God want? What's God's desire? What's what causes God the greatest pleasure? It causes him the greatest pleasure. He can be revealed not on a high level in the intellect, but no, in the animalistic soul, in the emotions. So that's why our spiritual work. Which brings God the greatest pleasure and the greatest enjoyment is not by elevating the three intellectual components. That's higher. That's higher level. Obviously, the, the, the intellect knows what's right. You don't really. There's not much transformation there. It's just different struggles. However, where's the real struggle? The real struggle is in the emotions, which is lower than the intellect. So our spiritual avoid is until Mashiach comes is to transform our emotions, just like we are able to transform the emo- these seven nations out of the land of Israel. And when it comes to the three intellectual components, that's not gonna happen until Mashiach comes. So obviously we have to try to elevate our, our intellect, but true transformation, ultimate transformation, the intellect is not gonna happen until Mashiach comes. So based on this, Rabbi explains why when it speaks about the years of Yaakov, it starts in the lower number and it goes to the higher number. You know, it starts first from seven years, and then it goes to 40 years, and then it goes to 100 years, why? What was Yaakov's spiritual avoid? What was Yaakov's spiritual work? His spiritual work, what we said was, to make a dirbet achtoinim, that God should be felt, where, in the lowest places. So therefore, since it's all about starting, transforming the lowest places, what's the lowest places we learned? The seven emotions. So where was Yaakov doing his spiritual work? On Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, that's the Yisrael all the seven emotions, which is represented by the seven years. Now, the se- the seven emotions represented by the seven years. And that's why you listed first. The source of that is in the seven lower emotions of all the way up an attic. The seven emotions way there on the highest level and which obviously it's the high, the high, the high, it's sitting in the highest spot because Attic is the highest uh, sphere, because Keser is the highest, attic is the, is the higher, the level in At in Keser, because you have Atik and Arach and Yaakov of transformed the seven emotions, weird sources, up until the world of Attic in the, in the seven emotions of Attic. <clears throat> and what's interesting the, the, the Rebbe uh, mentions the way that it's brought down in the Hasidic Discourse is about the seven emotions of so that if you give a look in in um, from Torah from the Tzemach Set, the third Chabad Rebbe so he explains something fascinating he says like this that Yaakov Avinu his, his name numerically if you take the Yud which is 10 the Ayun which is 70 and the Kufr is 100 and Bez is 2 so you have 182 that's the numerical value of Yaakov you take the name Yutke Vavkei, which is the most powerful name of Hashem, is 26. And if you take 26, which is the idea of bringing the infinite light of Hashem down to this world, and we said you have to transform what? The seven lower emotions. So if you take 26 and you times it by seven, you get the same numerical value as Yaakov's name, 182. In other words, what was Yaakov busy doing? He was bringing Yudkei Vavkei, the infinite name of Hashem, into every one of the seven emotions and that's why if you take 26 times 7 you'll have Yaakov Yaakov accomplished through his name Yaakov to bringing down the infinite name of Hashem and transforming every one of the seven emotions even on high even in the level of Atik once he did the avoido of transforming the seven emotions that affected the 40 years now what is 40 years? 40 years is for intellect See, right away, we're going to say one second. We all know there's this three intellect: chachma, bina, das. So the same Hasidic discourse over there from Oyratere, from the, from the Tzimtzum, explains as follows: there, even though generally there's chachma, bina, das, but if you look at the chart of the seirah, you have chachmas on the right, bina's on the left, and das is a center. Because das is a center, so das splits off the Chesed and also splits off the Gvura. So das has this, this component of das which connect the Chesed. And there's a component of das, which are connected to gevura, so chachma is one, bina is two, and das gets split into two ways: connected the chesed, and the way it's connected to gevura. So if you have das as two, then you have chachma, bina, and two different types of das. So you have so there really there's four intellect. Now if you take every one of the four intellect, and we know that every one of the spheres is, is intertwined with all the ten surois. So then you have forty. So he went from seven, which we said is the seven emotions to forty, which is the four intellect, the, uh, which is uh, intertwined with ten, so you have forty, and then you get to the level of a hundred years, and that's referring to, we know, as Kessa, right, all the a hundred spheres, no, spher, so which is all ten, intertwined with ten, eight sitting in Kessa. So Yaakov's avoid the was, he started from seven, the seven emotions, then the intellect, and then up to Kessa. And Rebbe says that's one that's one way it's explaining it to this. The other way is he did the seven emotions, and from the seven emotions, rather than dividing it um, 40, which is the four intellect, and the uh, 10, which is in Kesser, you look at the total number of 140 years. And was, besides after the seven, he went to the 140. 140 means two times 70. 2 times 70 is 140. What's two times 70? So first of all, you have the seven emotions, the way they're interconnected with all the spheres, which is the letter Yud. So that's 70. But if you take the letter yud and you spell it out, yud is yud is one letter, but yud, if you spell it out, it's yud, vav, dalit. So if you take the letter yud, so it's yud, which is 10, and the spell out, which is vav and a dalit, vav is 6, and dalit is 4, so you have another 10. So each one of the same, seven spheroids within the yud, that's 70, and with the vav and dal, which is another 10, so it makes it 140. That's one insight that, uh, that, uh, that someone explains in our Torah. Another insight he says is like this, that Seventy. If you take the word soid, the secret, the secrets of the Torah, so the soid, which is the secrets of the Torah, samach is sixty, vav is six, and dalit is four. So sixty and six and four is seventy. We know in in, in the in the world of the sfiroi. So soid is connected to the sphere of Yesoid. So there's soid, of of za, of the of the seven emotions, and then there's. The soi that comes from, is connected to soi abba from from in, from chachma from, from 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 intellect. So you have the seventy soi ways connected to the emotions, and the way seventy ways connected to the influx. So that's how you have the idea of the number of number one hundred and forty. I mean, deep stuff. Explained, doctor. If you want to look it up, you can look it up in Eretz from 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 the, from the uh, son on this partial partial Anyway, but in the the is what he's saying is that you start off. Just to recap, you start from seven, transform the seven emotions. And then you go to the intellect, and then you go to Kesser. or you go from the emotions to the side of all the emotions and side of intellect and a, this is the same idea why it's explained that we learned in Parshish Chayisarah that the Zoyer explains what is Chayisarah the Chayisarah lived and over there it says the opposite it doesn't start from the lower to the higher it actually starts from the higher to the lower Shnuth Me'a Shana 100 years which you know is Keser Eshram Shana which we know is what the, uh, Chachman Bina it, it way there to the power of 20 and Sheva Shana again is the emotions you know, it's a 100 is Keser 20 is the intellect and 7 is what the emotions so it knows it's the same idea but it's the opposites So, Rebbe says, What's the reason why? By Sarah, it starts from the top, it goes down to the bottom, from 100 to 20 to 7, versus Yaakov, it goes the the other way, it starts from 7 to 40 to 100. So, Rebbe explains very, very simple. Sarah was the first of the matriarchs. So, she started the process of transforming the world. So therefore, so since she was the first, she started, she started in Melmaia from higher down to lower. In other words, she started, connected right away to Kessar, she was uh, the first of the matriarch, she connected right away to to the infinite light of Kessar, she brought it into the Windows into the intellect, and then she brought it down into the seven, which is the lowest level of the emotions, that's what's her However, we know that Yaakov Avinu is called Bechir Sheva He's the chosen one of all the patriarchs. Avram's to the right, Yitzchak to the left, and Yaakov is the chosen one from the middle. Uh, so since he was the middle, and he went down to the land of Egypt to transform the world. He went down to the to the low place, the lowest, literally the lowest place in the world and his main avoid was what? his main spiritual work was in the seven emotions um, to transforming the emotions so once he transformed the emotions in the lowest places that actually caused an elevation in intellect and in kesser. and whoever finishes off and he says we know that we learn about the avoyed and the emoys the reason is because it's a sign for the children, for us so therefore, just like this was by Yaakov Avinu, that he started from the lower and he went higher, and we know Yaakov was the chosen of the others, and was, especially when the author explains in the Geras HaKodesh, that in the soul of Yaakov, every single one of us, our souls is connected to Yaakov. So therefore, if that was Yaakov, that's what Yaakov did, that's all our work as well. We have to do our spiritual work on all the levels, starting from, in, from, from our emotions to intellect up to Kesser. And and this interesting, it says this is also parashas by Yachi, where it speaks that the void of Yaakov is the last Torah portion in the in the book of Bereshis, in the book of the book of Genesis. And there's another name for the book of Bereshis besides it's called Bereshis; it's called Sefer Hayashar, the the book of the people that are straight, upright. Why? Because it's the book of the of the, of the patriarchs, and the patriarchs are called Yesharim; they're straight. They served Hashem in a, in, a, in a clear manner, and. the... in other places it's brought down the reason why it's called Sefer Yashar because it's also the book of the tribes and they're also called Yasharim they're also called straight and what's the main spiritual service of the Avais and the Shvatim? that they were basically considered straight in other words and the fact that it's not only them that they were yesharm. The fact that it says every single Jewish person is considered yesharm. The obvious were yesharm. They were straight. The, the, uh, the, 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 the Shvatim was straight. But also every single Jew. Well, how do we know that? Because it says clearly, King David says in Psalms. What does it say in Psalm? <speaking> in <Hebrew> Only righteous people will acknowledge you, praise you. Yeshu yesharim as panachal that people that are straight are gonna see you face to face. And like Derba says, it's brought down in the Zoyer, in this parasha, and literally every one of us say this, Ach every single day in our prayers. We say it during the week, we say it on Shabbos, we say it on Yantiv, we say Hashanah, Yom Kippur. So obviously we say it every single day of the year. So obviously the void of Yasharim applies to every one of us. And, and when we do our actions and our spiritual work, during galus, during exile, and what's our work in galus? to make a dear to make a dwelling place for Hashem down here, and specifically in Eretz the land of Egypt, and that is the land with all the constraints and limitations, so we come to the ultimate promise, that Hashem promised us, Ach tzaddikim yoidu l'shmecha, that righteous people are going to be able to praise Him, but that we're going to sit literally Panecha literally in your face in other words we're going to have the level of face to face when is that going to happen we're going to have the the base of Migdash Hashlishi the third temple and just like we know we come to see the Shekhinah we come to be seen by Hashem Panim him. and on on the contrary it says it's going to happen very 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 soon very very click very quickly we're going to have the very ultimate revelation of mashiach which is going to happen by the true and complete redemption through mashiach titkenu so obviously this is a very very powerful hasidic discourse and important hasidic discourse which really, really shows us what our purpose and what our mission in this world is. And it really shows you that wherever you are, and sometimes the darkest places, you can live your best years if you focus on our Avoid, our spiritual void is to make this place a dear B'techtoynim. And the, obviously the greatest place to start with is with our own emotions, making sure our emotions are connected to God. And once we transform our emotions, we'll transform our intellect and we'll be connected and we'll come face-to-face with, with, with Hashem, as Rebbe says, with the coming of Mashiach, Tidkenu, and hopefully our next class, will be in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week.